So what is the point of celebrating this feast of the Epiphany? St. Paul tells us in our second reading today, quoting St. Paul, he says, the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And we might say, all right, well, good for them, good for those Gentiles. But really, that's good for us because most of us are Gentiles. And now we know that we're co-heirs with Christ. The Second Vatican Council reminds us, Jews and Gentiles are called to unity, which constitutes the new people of God. So that's you and me in this new people of God. And, of course, there's more. St. John Paul II, he calls the Epiphany the feast of God's challenge. As it turns out, there are many more Gentiles out there in the world who need to know that Jesus is for them, but they don't yet know it. And as baptized Christians, it's our job to let them know. The mission of Christ is universal, and we know this mission. We know that before he ascended to the Father, he said, go make disciples of all nations. That's on us. That's for you and me. So those of us here, we have seen the star of Bethlehem. We believe in the Christ. We already have that interior light of baptism that sends us forth. We speak to Jesus every day in prayer. And all these things drive us out into the world who don't know Christ so they can come closer to him. So this epiphany is then the feast of our faith, but it's also the feast of action in sharing that faith. We have the opportunity in this feast of the epiphany to renew our apostolic zeal, to renew that apostolic spirit that we have received from Jesus Christ himself. We bring Christ into the mainstream of society. We bring Christ into the, the marketplace, if you will. So how has been our progress? Well, there is good news. Billions of people from around the world have set out to adore the Lord. Billions of people are believers in Christ and have been over the centuries. But of course, that comes with an opportunity as well. We see the example of the Magi, those who adore Christ. But our opportunity is that there are still several more billion people in the world who don't know Christ. And many of those who have fallen away need to be invited back to the faith that they have lost. So the good news for us this Christmas season, of course, is that God has taken on our human flesh, the incarnation. The unapproachable light has now become approachable. He has become one of us. So Jesus gave us our mission and equipped us with everything we need. We need not fear. We need not pause. We need not assume that somebody else is going to do it. It's on us. We're already missionaries by virtue of our baptism to share him with the world. And that doesn't mean we have to become missionaries in foreign lands. Some people do that, but it's not for everyone. It's not for most people. Our mission land might be much closer to home. It might even be at our home. We all have friends, we all have relatives, we all have colleagues who don't know the Lord Jesus. And the first thing that they'll notice is our example, our Christian example on how we live our lives. Then maybe we'll even be able to unleash that contagious joy that we have from knowing Christ, where they might say, I noticed that joy, I want some of that for myself. What is it? And who knows what conversations can come from that. So engaging in a conversation is also a possibility for us. We might even offer someone encouraging words. 
And we might say, okay, where else can I share the good news of Christ in my mission field? What is my mission field? It could be at work. It could be at school. It could be in any place we visit. We could bring someone to see the baby Jesus here in the manger scene and say, look at that. God takes on human flesh in the most unthreatening way. And only God knows what conversations will come from that encounter. And that's how it happened for the Magi. They give us an excellent example. Imagine meeting those Magi. What might we, what might we ask them? What gift might, might we ask of them? Would we ask them for anything? Would we ask them for gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Or would we ask them the way to the Christ that they found? The Redeemer of the world. Once we know the way to Christ, then we can bring him our gold, our frankincense, and our myrrh. Of course, the gold of all the, char- of all the, of all the virtues is, is the, the virtue of charity itself, the greatest of all virtues. So our goal of bringing that to Christ would be practicing maybe the virtue of generosity, maybe loving God more, maybe loving each other more. And then our daily prayer, our Sunday Mass, that's the frankincense we continually bring to the Lord. Anytime we offer an act of worship and prayer or at the, in the community gathered for Mass, that's that frankincense we bring Him. Any sacrifice that we make in the Christian life is like the myrrh that we can bring to the Lord because we can unite our sacrifices with His one ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Everything offered to God now has a new and infinite value. And once we know Christ, we know then we are led home by another way, not the way of the world, but his way. And in his way, he transforms us into being co-redeemers with him. In that epiphany narrative we heard from St. Matthew's Gospel, we notice that Herod is the antagonist in the story, the bad guy. And the newborn king was coming to save Herod, not to be his enemy. But Herod, in his broken humanity, he had that tendency, he had that suspicion. He had the, the tendency to avoid a conversion of heart, to accept the newborn Christ. And what about us? We might notice we have that same tendency. We might notice that we still hesitate to accept everything that Christ offers us. We might notice that he offers us a better way to live, but still we have to make changes in our lives to adhere to the way he lays out for us. We avoid those demands of the things that he presents to us, even in a more fulfilling and a more joyful life. A conversion of heart challenges the status quo. But we get comfortable in the status quo. We want to stay there. This Feast of the Epiphany is an invitation out of it. Wasn't Herod also looking for a Messiah, along with the rest of the Jewish people? We can assume that he was. But to accept the Messiah means that the status quo must end. 